Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Source Podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff, and we have a special episode on deck for you today. So today is the 50th episode of the Ecom Source Podcast. Not a huge deal, but it's a it's kind of a milestone for us. So been going about a year, and we are in the middle of back to school season. So what I personally love about back to school is you jump into the routine, you get back into a more normal thing where the kids are going to school and daycare and all that kind of stuff and kind of jump out of that willy-nilly schedule that is the summer and back into more routine and more consistency. So I love it. And so what we're doing today is we're talking about the routines in e-commerce that are going to help you succeed in your business. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring all of the uh, the 50-pound Bozen team members. So we got our, our media buyers. We got our, our uh, account managers. We got uh, everybody kind of bring in their topic to the table. So we're going to have hear from everybody and see what are their routines for e-commerce success. So I hope this episode is fun for you. Hope you learn a lot and uh, look forward to, to your feedback. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started. All righty. And we've got Tim in the hot seat to start us off. So Tim, let's talk about your e-commerce routines that help you grow our clients, our business, grow our businesses on online. Yeah, I'm just laughing a little bit because you said this, well, this is the back to school themed episode, right? So, yep. And what you said is, hey, one of the best things about back to school is getting into your routines and getting into process. And my kids are going back to school this week. And that is the worst thing for them about going back to school is there's now routines in process. They liked it best in the summer when there was no responsibilities at all. So there, there's some friction at our house this morning uh, as that starts back up. Oh, man, I, I feel it. It was it was a rough morning at our house yeah. this morning as well. But you know what? I, I loved it. I was excited to... Like, you were excited. Yes. Yeah, parents are always excited when kids go back get to school. Get them back to school, get into this routine. So sometimes that's my point. Routine is not the thing that makes everybody excited, right? Yeah, so yeah. sometimes process and routine is necessary, um, but it's not it's excited. And that's the overall theme when I you when you put this topic together, and I, I was out last week, so Andy put this topic together, and it's a great topic. So the overall theme for me, though, was also making sure you have process, but leaving time so you can go outside of the process to add value. Because if you there's a danger of having of getting too much of having too much of workflow where all you do is check the boxes every week and you're not doing the things that stop and pause and think outside the business. So one of my mentors way back, Mike Johnson, who hired me or he was a manager for me at GSDNM way back in the agency world when I first worked there coming out of college and then hired me at Miller when I worked at Miller Brewing Company. Um, and one of his things was always he wanted to get all his requirements, work process stuff done before noon so that his afternoon could be spent thinking of new things to do to grow the business. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not that disciplined on it, but that's a great ideal to shoot for. And that's something that I took to heart of uh, the afternoons for the stuff that nobody's assigned you, that you know, you can kind of, you need some time to kind of think of this stuff that can help out and grow. That's, that's extra, right? Yep. And so part of mine is always through here, there's workflow, but you're always looking at places where you can add value that's not expected so you're going outside the workflow and the trap of doing of being really good at process the trap that you can fall into you have to walk you have to have good process to work in this business you just have to um but the trap is not getting such a process where you just kind of check the boxes every day and that's and yeah. you're done in every week so ours i mean i should hit two aspects one is our team process and real quickly with that we just do a daily 15 minute stand up this is really important to us because our team is 
we started in one place, but we're all kind of spread out uh, in different places in the country now. So to keep us as a team, we need this. But daily 15-minute stand-up, we do that at 9 o'clock. We use, we use Airtable. You could use anything for it to kind of keep track of stuff. Um, and my process for that is, uh, you know, I clean up my Airtable at the end of the day, kind of as I go through the day, ideally. But at the end of the day, I clean it up mostly. Then the first thing I do when I come in in the morning is open that up get that set and make sure my daily priorities are straightened out that I haven't forgotten anything, that there's no surprises on it. Uh, and then when we review our, our, our standup, which we try and keep to 15 minutes, right? This morning went 23. Sometimes they're banter and just people are having fun. So it's all good. Um, but really the goal there is for everybody to go through their top five priorities for that day, say where they might need help, say questions they might have. If they're lost anywhere, that's the time to bring it up. And that's a really good check-in every day that yeah. is really needed for us. As well as making sure that if you have something that's high on, you need something from somebody yes. that that's on their list or at least. Yeah, like, hey, um, Ted, this thing's really important to me. I didn't see on your list. Can we move that up? And that's the, that's the perfect place to talk about it, right? Yep. Um, yep. Or, hey, Tim, I need help on this thing and I wasn't able to get you yesterday. You, can, I really need help. Can you move this in somewhere? So that's we do that every morning. And then at the end of each week, we have a retrospective, uh, our just our retro, is what we call it. But uh, there's a there's a set agenda for that, and we go around the team. But everybody talks about you know celebrate the wins. So any things that went well, things that you want the rest of the team to know about, things that everybody should know about. Take a pause, celebrate the things that went well, because not everything does go well. Um, and then uh, talk about things that hey, if I could do the week over again, I would have done this better. So what things could have gone better? Um, in the week and what things did you kind of learn by learn the hard way? You know, this didn't go as well as it could. Um, this is going to be a problem for next week. We have to resolve. What are those things? Um, and then we've added, everybody has to bring something they learned during the week. Cause this is, uh, an e-commerce e-commerce is changing so rapidly. There's more stuff. There's plenty of candidates for this every week, but what did you learn this week? Um, you have to bring a podcast idea. And so we keep the, we keep the, basket full there um and then you have to call out somebody on the team for living the values you're doing something extraordinary just pass the pass some of the praise around on it um and we do that every friday and so that's our that's our kind of team process on a weekly flow from a from a weekly flow with our clients or anything to add in that weekly flow team no no i think all good things there for sure uh weekly flow with clients is pretty straightforward um and there's a lot to it so uh, there's always an early week we start running analytics um, and I have uh, three different clients and running analytics for today. It's Monday. Um, and that includes sales week over week, month over month, usually year over year. If it's an SEO client, it really is more about sessions and what's going up and down. Uh, and there's a ton of data that comes behind that. So it's sessions, units, buy box capture rates, average price, conversion rate, average, uh, all these different things that kind of all merge together on it. And we have usually spreadsheets built out where we dump the data in and that starts sorting through for us so we can kind of understand what's going on this week. And then usually we're looking for what are the biggest uh, gainers and decliners and why. Um, What are the things that fall out of pattern? And we have a whole checklist we can go through on that internally. Is it because the price moved? Is it because third parties are now selling your product? Is it because you got an ad ban? Hopefully not, but that happens sometimes. Is it because competition came out with a new product or is competition running ads on your listing? Yep. Um, all these, did you lose buy box? Are there issues with the listings? You know, it's as we've kind of grown, we developed a better checklist of going through why things are up or down and understanding the why on that. 
to understand what's going on. I think to your point earlier, Tim, is like the routine is good to check those things, but you can't have a, your day be so filled with routine and checking the boxes that you can't go deep and explore the why behind yes. this. Because and the why adds some value. So this is this is part of this is how the way I've solved it instead of my mentor, which is leave the afternoon entirely free all the time. Um, is okay. Build build time into these analytics to go deep on these things. Build time that says. I'm not just running just to give you a scorecard of what the number said. I need to give you some explanation. If you're, if you're spending money with us and you're entrusting us to grow your business, I need to give you some reasons why this is going up or down that then say, okay, now we know the actions to take to go fix. And that's where we add the real value. And if we're not doing that, if we're just giving a scorecard, eventually a smart client's going to say, I can build a scorecard myself. You yep. know, the, the real value that you have to add in there is, helping them understand why certain things are changing and be able to implement actions that make the changes on it. So yep. we do all that, do all that for the sales and then the ads. Um, and all of us on this business do that at some level. Um, doing, doing it for ads as well. The Amazon advertising by product reports, if that's a report that I find most other people don't use that often, and that's a tremendous source of insight. Sometimes the reason your sales are down is because no ads are being run for that product or that yep. SKU, and you got to find that out, right? Yeah. Um, and then with that, um, you know, we look at uh, we we put together a discussion guide, right? And the discussion guide is going to be, you know, here's what happened with sales. Here's the insights on things. Here's status on some other projects we're working on with that partner, whether that's rebuilding the storefront or developing new products, or whatever else. And we cover all that. And then the goal of the discussion guide every week is not to just be a status report because that's boring and nobody wants to look at that. It's to actually spur discussion um, and to get people talking about things. So we put together a discussion guide before for every week and then we have a weekly meeting. Um, and again, that shouldn't be a status meeting. It should focus on getting the discussion going, focus on value add, focus on things that need decisions. And then the rest of the week is execute those decisions and act. So that's not any, break, any breakthrough there. Um, we're yeah. very detailed and thorough in the analytics we put into it. And then all the insights tend to fall out of the analytics. Um, and then from a monthly standpoint, there's things that I look at uh, month, more on a monthly basis, usually profitability, yeah, more on a monthly basis than a week-to-week basis. Although in some cases, we'll look at that in a more tight range. But usually that's more helpful doing it on a wider range than weekly. Yeah, uh, weekly you want to be acting fast to change sales flows, and if you're act if you're doing that correctly, then the profits are going to work out. Um, you're not going to do the kind of weekly checks on that, but that's that's usually um, my kind of ritual that I go through every week or process flow with the main thing of making sure when I had when I'm not having a great week when I'm not uh, delivering to my potential and I'm self critical on it. It's usually because I don't just getting the requirements out right is taking it my whole week and I'm not having the time that I need to, to start adding extra value on things. And that extra value can also, it can be things for clients, but it can also be things for team too. Um, you know, somebody needs help on, on this or somebody needs to learn this new uh, way to look at reports or run analytics. And I'm not able to spend the time on it to, to help them on it. So just finding the time for those extras, yeah, you really have to build that in and it, the, the, you know, got to have a process but you can't just rest to check the boxes and be done yeah. on that either. It, it is kind of funny because I do think sort of built in, it was, it was one of my check boxes is the understanding the why. So it's, and, and that's not as straightforward as like, pull this report, pull the advertising yes. sales or adver, advertising by product report. 
you know, th- those are steps along the way. But mm-hmm. if you don't get to the the box that is the why, why is this up? Why is this down? Um, yeah, those and that's, those things. That's are the big the difference, important. though. I see, and when I talk to larger agencies than us, right, successful ones, oftentimes. But what they how they scale is they have a lot of canned reports. Right? Yeah, and where my criticism of them, and they may be better than I am at this, right, but. My criticism of them usually is you gave me the canned report, but the canned reports never get to the why. And usually the response is, well, the why takes too much time and we don't, that doesn't scale. <laughs> so, um, and they may be right. It may, does, may not scale as well, but um, I don't think, if you're not getting to the why, I don't know why you're doing this in the yeah. first place. Yep. And, and getting to the why takes time. And if you're, I mean, if you're just doing canned reports, you don't get there with that. Yep. Well, that's good stuff, Tim. Would you be cool with jumping into my my list and playing some uh, sure. sort of switching chairs here for okay. a little bit and and you know letting me jump into to what my daily my routines are? Yeah, let's go through your routines, Andy. All right, so uh, mine on on the daily, I have just have a daily review of previous day sales. So one of the quickest ways to just check in on where we're at on things is you know what does yesterday's sales look like, and some of the times. That well, with Amazon in particular, you're actually a couple days behind. But uh, looking at sales by product, understanding okay, how did our top sellers do? Did we see any spikes in in any of the other sellers? But that can kind of give me a a quick gut check on okay, are there any issues? That's yeah. that's that's kind and of that's the first interesting because I don't look at the dailies all the time, right? I I do. I may glance at them. Yeah, and most days I'll take a peek, but I'm not. It's not part of my routine to every day look at the sales numbers. I tend to aggregate by weeks. Yeah. And I know you do look at every day. Um, and it's not it's not like super detailed usually. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just a, okay, did we see any outliers? And if we do, do see outliers, then it's a, let's go jump into it and make sure that, you know, we get on top of it. We get to the fix right away because some of the times it's, we lost buy box on something. Somebody mm-hmm. cut a price on us or yeah. we have some issue with a listing or something like that. And that's the easiest way to make sure that, uh, at least as much as possible, you're getting to those uh, those fixes as quickly as possible. So the next thing that I have are, that I think is probably the most important are the two, and you mentioned these, Tim, as part of yours, is the, a weekly review of the buy box capture rate and unit session conversion rate. The, the reason I think these are so important is because by digging into this level, you have full visibility into exactly how your listings are performing and you can like you talked about, uh, you know, see, find the outliers, figure out what the biggest gainers are, biggest decliners, and then dig deep into the why. Try to understand as much as you can why this is this is happening. Yeah, and the, and the thing to pause on there that this always drives me crazy when I'm looking at other people's processes too, especially those who rely on a lot of canned reports or things from a third party source. And there's a lot of good third party third party canned report tools. But none of them, if it's Amazon, for example, which is most of our business, um, Amazon's API doesn't allow any of those to capture sessions. Um, and to get to two of the metrics we think are the most important, buy box rate, you know, how many buy boxes you get, mm-hmm. um, or what's your unit session conversion rate, you can't pull the sessions, you can't pull traffic out of there with yep. any of those, which is a weird thing for Amazon to leave out of the API, right? Um, and also why, you know, most of our reports are kind of custom built out of Excel and things like that. Um, but yeah, you, it's funny you mentioned those two, cause those are two that yeah do not come out of the canned reports. You have to actually get in there and download the data and dump into Excel yourself to get there on it. But yeah. Yep. 
The next one on a weekly basis is just a review of ad spend. So generally for our clients, we're looking to spend as much money as we possibly can at ACOS target or ROAS target. And so seeing weekly trends in ad spend and and digging those, like you said, down to the advertised by product level so we can see as much as possible how much of our ad spend is going to which products. And sometimes you have buy box issues and your top sell, uh, top sellers don't or top converters don't get as much ad uh, dollars or ad exposure as we need. And so that can be that can be part of the why. So that's that's definitely yeah. a big part of the uh, the weekly process there. And just a clarification out when you get to spend as much money as possible, uh, it's spend as much money as possible within a certain efficiency goal. Right. Yes. So we have we have some partners who will say, hey, I have. $8,000 to spend this month, spend those $8,000 as best as you can. Like, don't go over that uh, or whatever number it is. We have others who are, will say, well, as long as you can keep within this efficiency goal, as long as you can keep ad spend around 10% of, for, for example, 10% of total sales, go as hard as you can, right? Yep. And I'll just build that 10% ad cost into my, my business model. And the higher you can make that number, the better, as long as you're staying within that. So we have, we have, it depends on the partner and how they want to run their business. But yeah, that's when we say spend as much as possible, spend as much as possible with that efficiency Within, goal in mind, right? Yep. Within that efficiency goal. Yep. So I think like other than that, I mean, we have our, our weekly meetings with our clients, like we talked about, Tim's the discussion guide, putting that together. Usually the reporting is just a, a good jumping off point to uh, go through the details and check in on things. Uh, on a monthly level, there's a few things that I think are really important. Uh, monthly review of your Amazon payments transaction report. So this is a report within Amazon that gives you all of the details of exactly what's how Amazon is either adding money to your pocket or taking money out of it. And I always think that keeping an eye on your percentages of uh, you know what these expenses are as a percentage of your gross sales on Amazon is a great just monthly check-in because there's times when things spike. You know, There's times when Amazon will damage a bunch of inventory or returns will spike or whatever. And it's good to have a sense of what those things well, are. You will also inevitably come up against the meeting where your, your daily contact with a, with a partner says, Hey, we got a new accounting guy and he's questioning, are we even making any money on Amazon? Yep. Um, Cause they see a bunch of bills coming in and everything else. They're not sure where it's all going. Yes. And you need to have that information handy and it's yeah. something you should be watching. Yeah. And then, Inevitably, there's a yeah, there's a point where you say, well, our returns were you know a half a percent of gross product sales over the last month. That's this much dollar value, and then it builds a lot of credibility when you know the numbers inside and out. Yeah. The next one, this is more maybe a little bit more asp- aspirational, but uh, and I think with the Amazon reporting, the brand analytics that are out have been out within the last couple months. I think it needs to be become a bigger part of our process, but it is reviewing the uh, competitive sales. So. We use Helium 10. We can use the Amazon reporting, but basically saying, okay, where are we ranking on our top search terms? How are we coming in and gross sales in our category? And are we growing or are we shrinking? And what are the things that we need to be doing maybe differently or better to get there? And I think that is something on a monthly basis, especially with Helium 10. It's a you know a 30-day look back uh, on estimated sales when you're using some of the Helium 10 reporting. So being able to just have that uh, history is yeah. is something that uh, something that would be very, very helpful. And I think we do this on a, a little bit of a limited basis, but 
definitely important to keep keep an eye on those things and uh, making sure we're moving in the right direction. But the net takeaway is Andy thinks more process and routines are the great thing about back to school and my yeah. kids think they're the worst thing. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what you should take away from all this. Yeah, and, and I hope, <laughs> I hope that, you know, I'm not alone on this, but if I am, if you're saying, no, this is the worst thing, then, you know, uh, shoot me a message, andy at ecommasource.com. Uh, no, but I think and, we're both uh, in the same place, right? Yeah. Is, is that the key to when you're building process for this is to build in those times when you can dive deep so you're not, Yes. Don't build eight hours of process and plan to spend eight hours a day and, you know, build holes in there where you can go dive in deep or go, go dive into something new uh, yep. and, and just build that into your, pro otherwise it doesn't happen, right? If you don't build it into your process, here's where I'm going to go dive deep onto something that just doesn't happen. And you're just checking the boxes and then you're wondering why yes. you're not making an impact. Right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a, that's a good uh, place to take a uh, break here. We're going to bring Parker onto the uh, show next. So appreciate uh, you, Tim. Thank you for, for jumping in here and always appreciate your insights. All righty. We got Parker coming on the podcast today. Parker, thanks for joining us. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Yo, I'm really excited to hear your routines. I know you have been been in the Amazon game for like six years now, running running big clients, small clients, all of the above. So let's jump right into it. What are your routines that help you achieve e-commerce success for your clients. Yeah, Andy. So I really want to break this down into like a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly one thing from each. And when I'm looking at daily checks, this comes back to the Amazon messages. Amazon has you on a 24-hour window to respond to customers before they start chirping. <laughs> and it's just yeah. good to have a uh, quick customer service anyway. So you want to be checking for those customer messages on a daily basis. So you just log into Seller Central. Every client, check out the messages. Is this something our clients are doing, your clients are doing as well, or are you are basically handling it for the clients? In a perfect world, I would love for the clients to handle the messages themselves because they have more control or more freedom and probably right. more insight into each individual product and can answer the question better, but I do answer questions from time to time. Yeah, awesome, awesome. What's next? We got, we got weekly. Moving on to weekly, I'm looking at seller feedback, removing bad reviews or reviews that don't really apply. And this one over the years has kind of evolved to where customers are leaving seller reviews that don't even apply to the product or service that you sold them. And if that, that accompanies a one star, a two star, a three star review, like we're just getting those removed. And mm -hmm. Amazon so far through 2023 has allowed you to continue to remove uh, the seller reviews. And as long as they don't apply or if they are product-based and we're going to keep taking advantage of that. So yeah, let's uh, dig into that for a second. So I had an instance recently where somebody on Amazon purchased one of my client's products. They did a review under my client's product order ID, but it was for somebody else's product. So you're saying this is a situation where like every week you're just going in there, you're checking this review and then what what's your... What's your like step-by-step -step to get that re uh, review removed? You got it. And generally, you may be safe to do this on a monthly basis. You want to do it uh, at least every 90 days. I kind of just do it as part of my weekly routine in case I miss a week or misstep or something happens, right? And it's as easy as hopping in to see your seller feedback. 
scrolling over to the right on the reviews that you don't want to be there anymore, and then just requesting removal. And Amazon's got their AI pretty well equipped to just be able to remove those. Uh, and if if it uh, the computer designates that it's not going to remove the review, you can actually reach out to support and make your case to where, you know, it's a lot harder on product reviews these days to where they're mm -hmm. still letting us slide by on these seller reviews. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big one and not, I don't know, it just, it's always, it's tough enough to like maintain a good seller review. I think people have become more and more critical of sellers on Amazon. So just staying up with that, like you might have over the class, last 30 days or whatever, two weeks, you might have a, you know, negative score, not, not as positive a score as you want. And if you get, get those removed, you're, you're getting that boost. So that's awesome. I love that one. Let's talk monthly. Yeah. So on a monthly basis, I'm looking at my competitors, checking on their listings to see what new photos they've put up, check on their pricing, if they've added new variations, and really just what they're adding, removing, testing. And that can kind of give us some insights into maybe what we want to come out with in the future as well. And sometimes you're doing this more than monthly, sometimes maybe less than monthly. But as long as you kind of have that scheduled for a monthly check, you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, like how do you do you go on this? Is this something where you're like using like Helium 10, you are, you know, using those types of tools or is it is it just pretty surface level just basically looking at the public facing listing and going from there? In a perfect world, you would want to be diving into the tools and seeing what terms they're ranking for, see if you can identify any extra uh things to advertise on. But generally speaking, I'm just doing a quick look over yeah, yeah. Like you say, it does give you a good sense of, okay, hey, what's everybody doing? You know, how do you, we always like to see how we stand out on a, a category page or a search results page or whatever on Amazon. So if somebody's updated their photos and are updated, gotten some different reviews or things like that, that's an, that's an awesome thing to do. And I think, yeah, monthly makes sense, a ton of sense for that one. So moving right along, you got quarterly now. Checking on quarterly, I'm always looking for the BSR, basically like our sales rank and seeing where we're at. And I might be doing this again more than quarterly, not usually less than quarterly, just to kind of see where we're ranking in the category as a whole. And one thing that usually I'm looking for, this would be on the quarterly basis, is to see if the BSR stopped tracking. And essentially what this means is Amazon either messed with your listing or they changed up the way that the category tree works or something's going on to where you probably need to just reset the listing. And what that looks like is just deleting it for about 24 hours and then re-uploading it the exact same. And it's not fun, but we got to make sure that things are tracking and we need that BSR. So tell me, what? how do you, how do you track the BSR? Is it just a, it's a Helium 10? Is it another pay tool, free tool? What do you got? For sure. So you can definitely look at the detail page. If you scroll down below the A plus content and above the reviews, you can see basically where you're ranking for the category as well. Uh, the BSR, you can get more in-depth results on Helium 10 or, you know, these other tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you like just mentally noting this? Are you keeping track in a spreadsheet or what's the... <laughs> Generally, just mentally noting, uh, sometimes into my notes, depending on the product, depending on the client, if they find it interesting, more so just for like for my own mental notes and just to have that off the top of my head. But uh, it can really be a wide range of things. 
Yeah, yeah. Any any other thoughts? Like, so is there any other impact if if your BSR stops tracking? Like, have have you noticed like, uh, you know, does it impact sales? Is there any other indication that it's stopped tracking other than just uh, what was like scrolling down to the page on the bottom of the page there? Yeah, we're kind of under the impression that it impacts your listing in a negative way, just like getting outside of like the newest API that Amazon's running. And I don't have any solid evidence on this, but generally I would just like to be like every other listing on there that is getting tracked. And, uh, you know, we kind of identify that when we're looking at competitor data and that they're not getting tracked anymore. We notice that, uh, hey, they're not getting tracked. They're probably going to have to reset this at some point. That might be an advantage for Mm -hmm. if they go down for a day or two. And otherwise, I would love to learn more about that. That's probably on my to-do list. Yeah, yeah. Always something new there. But it's a, like you say, it's a great habit, a great routine to be in to just kind of understand where you're at and and, uh, making sure that uh, you're not seeing things drop. Or, you know, if you see increased sales, it might be a good good, uh, check for you to go through maybe even more frequently, but definitely quarterly. So we've done daily, we've done weekly, monthly, and quarterly. And now we've got the annual. What's your, you know, once a year, got to have it routine? So this one's pretty simple. On a yearly basis, I just like to check for my third-party apps. And you do need to renew their permissions. Amazon does that. So like no app just gets like grandfathered into forever access on Amazon. And this can be from Shopify. This can be from your automated like email follow-up sequence and other people utilize all sorts of different apps out there. And you do need to just renew these on a yearly basis. Sometimes I like to hop in here every six, seven, eight, nine months as I think of it just to do it in case, uh, you know, we're working on a bunch of accounts and there's new apps getting added all the time to where even if I set a reminder on a yearly basis, it's like, I still might miss one or two, so I'm usually checking it, but at least on the yearly basis, I'm hopping in there, checking the user permissions for the third-party apps. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a really important one because, you know, we'll, we'll have seen times when, you know, uh, maybe we start collecting a, a lot of reviews from like a feedback genius or those types of things, or it's, you know, it's not working. And, and some of those things are just kind of running in the background and those are helping you uh, reach out to your customers and definitely a, a value add. So just checking in there once a year is a great, uh, great habit. So Parker, uh, appreciate all your insights on this and and jumping on the podcast today. This has been awesome. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Parker. Peace. All righty. Now we have Rachel in the hot seat. So Rachel on our team is working with a lot of the Amazon backend support systems. Rachel's been in, this, in working with Amazon for several years now. And so really excited to have you on, Rachel, to talk about your daily routine. So let's jump right into it. Rachel, what are your daily, weekly, monthly routines that help you find success on Amazon? Yeah. Uh, So daily, I will go through all of the accounts that I work on and I will look for um, any listings that are down, um, you know, be that maybe they're just out of stock or there's some sort of compliance issue with them. Um, I'll look for stranded inventory, um, any variations that maybe broke overnight over the weekend. Um, and by that, I mean, sometimes Amazon will come through and they'll just break up a variation. Sometimes they give you a reason where they think, you know, maybe you forced a variation that wasn't quite by their standards, or sometimes they don't give you any reason and things are just 
taken apart. Um, so I'll go through an account and I'll look for all of those, anything that needs to be put back together. And then I will look for account health issues so that, you know, um, are we shipping on time? Are we including valid tracking rates? Are we shipping in a way that orders are being delivered on time? Um, I personally haven't seen any clients be taken down because their packages were being shipped on time but arriving late. But I have, you know, I know it's something that Amazon tracks. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're meeting those standards that Amazon sets. Um, and then also, right now we work with a lot of clients who are kind of in that children's product um, area of sales on Amazon. Um, so they will have, you know, compliance documents and, you know, certificates that we need to turn in. And usually the Amazon will, will request those as soon as we create the listing, but not always. Sometimes you'll have a listing that's up for days, weeks, months, and then all of a sudden Amazon takes it down and is demanding compliance documentation. So just kind of scanning accounts for those kind of things, making sure that, you know, top sellers, items that have the chance to be top sellers are active, running like they need to. And then... Yeah. So that's what, those are all daily things. You, you got a long list of the of the daily, just kind of going through the accounts. So you're just, you're looking through the all of those things. Yeah, you get a pretty yeah. good groove where you can do it pretty quickly. But yeah, it, it's a lot to look for every day and make sure that nothing's blown up on you. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's say you run across an, an issue. I mean, are you is it pretty much automatic to a support case as 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 these things come up or what's what are some common fixes for for folks? Um generally for, you know, compliance issues, um if the request is valid, you know, we are selling a children's toy and Amazon's requesting children's product certificates and CPSI documentation for those. It's either, you know, looking through my records, do I have this document that the client has maybe previously given me, or do I have access to their, you know, Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever of these documents, or do I need to reach out to the client and get those? Um, and then just turning them in, which is usually a pretty easy fix. Um, otherwise, yeah, most of these are going, most of the issues that I listed are going to be, you know, some sort of support case or, um, generally when we have issues with valid tracking rates, shipments going out late or, um, you know, anything shipping related that in my experience, usually as a result of a third party app that we use to, um, integrate between Amazon and Shopify, pulling FBM orders into Shopify so that they're easily filled by the client shipping team. Usually that app has gone down. And so it's figuring out if it's on the Shopify side, Amazon side, if it's the app fault and how that can be fixed. And then everything else as far as, you know, if the variation is broke, you know, I'll give it my shot to put it back together um and then if the listing is just down if there's inventory that's stranded without any you know quick fix then yeah it's a support case yeah yeah right on so heavy list of a heavy 
a dose of the of the daily um daily and weekly kind of uh uh action items and routines what else what else is on your list of routines it helps it helps you find success on amazon yeah uh weekly i will populate inventory reports for a handful of our clients so that's going through their account um on a skew level basis kind of figuring out the run rate for each skew um how much inventory do we have left about how many weeks of inventory does that translate to um, and then comparing it to the shipping in threshold that we've set. So for most of our clients, that's about six and a half weeks of inventory we want for each SKU um, at Amazon. There's a little bit of variation in that, you know, based on upcoming events like the prime week or prime days, or, you know, we get a little bit heavier than that during the holidays, just because you can never know what's going to happen. Um, so I will pull our restock inventory report, uh, manage FBA inventory report and sales by child ASIN. And then I've got myself a big crazy dashboard that could probably be whittled down significantly. <laughs> and I will send a shipping recommendation off to each client. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome uh, report. And I know me as a, kind of the account manager on a lot of these, very appreciative of all the work that goes into those because, uh, you know, those are the things that, you know, that habit in and of itself, paying attention to inventory is probably the most important thing. Uh, because if you don't have inventory, you, you can't sell anything. So what else is on your list, Rachel? What else you got for, for daily, weekly or monthly, or I guess we're probably on to weekly or monthly routines at this point. Yeah. Uh, so monthly, I will send off a couple just kind of basic reports, payment reports off to each client that basically tells them how much did we sell, how much do we spend on advertising, how much did they spend on fees, et cetera. You know, I'm just kind of giving them a sort of idea of what they made each month on Amazon. Um, so I personally only have a few clients that I pull those for, but I know that every client that we have on Amazon, we pulled the payments report monthly yep. for. Yep. It's a great report. Yep. Um, and then I think I'm on to quarterly kind of items yeah. that I go through and I double check. Um, and for a couple clients, or I guess just one right now, uh, we have a client that has an ongoing promotion right now um, where we started it literally over a year ago and it performed well. So we've just kept it. Um, every time somebody buys more than one of their items, so two plus items, they get 10% off their order. And so just quarterly, I got to, got to renew it, got to keep it active. Yep. Yep. That's uh, one that Parker had touched on as well in terms of making sure that those things that uh, need to be renewed, whether that be, you know, apps, third party apps uh, within Amazon or those promotions stay, stay active. So yeah, that's, that's a, a great reminder and a great, uh, you know, just a great tip for people if they haven't tried that before. And then a couple times quarterly, we also meet with our Amazon advertising uh, overall 50 PD account manager. Uh, being a part of the Amazon advertising partner program, we have access to just an account manager to help us keep up with everything new that Amazon's coming out, help us kind of battle through any tough issues. They encourage us to spend more money, encourage us to encourage our clients to spend more money. <laughs> um, just that kind of thing. So we meet with them a couple of times a quarter and, you know, kind of make sure that we keep a good working relationship with Amazon and 
you know, we're staying up to date, getting access to, you know, maybe some features that are maybe not necessarily released yet or pretty new still. Yep. All righty, Rachel. Well, I think that covers it. Anything else on your on your list that you want to mention? I think I knocked it all out. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rachel, so much for jumping on the podcast today. Really appreciate it, all your insights, and appreciate you sharing those. So uh, thank you so much. Next up, talking e-commerce routines, is Ted Loesch. Ted is our media buyer, so he spends a crap ton of money with Amazon on a month-to-month basis. He probably should get some type of present from Amazon, but I don't think that's the way it works. So Ted, thanks for jumping on. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about your e-commerce routines as a media buyer. Let's get into it. So generally on a daily basis, uh, just checking on budgets, uh, making sure that any of our most efficient campaigns are getting enough attention, um, making adjustments to the bids. Uh, If we see something that's working really well, we want to push that a little bit harder um, and just see how much we how many impressions and clicks and sales that we can get out of something that's working really well. Um, Looking through search term reports for efficiencies, anything that looks really good, let's go ahead and get that into its own campaign, build some new campaigns, setting up SCAGs, uh, single keyword ad groups, uh, generally makes a lot of sense, especially as we're talking going back to school. So if we're looking at scissors uh, and we're seeing that sewing scissors or uh, any any sort of back to school products and we're performing really well, we got to push that. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So when you say performing pretty pretty well, what's your how, how do you know it's performing well? Are you looking at click-through rate, CPCs, ROAS, or ACOS? What are you, what are you looking at? Looking at all of that. Um, you pretty much just, uh, yeah, you hit all the bases there. So the first thing that we'll look at is ACOS um, or ROAS, which are, you know, synonymous. Uh, looking at it in different ways. And then in some cases, we'll see that some of the keywords aren't performing as well as we would like them to. So we'll go ahead and negate those uh, so that we're not showing up for those search terms. And then we'll keep the ones that are performing really well. And we'll get those into their own campaigns and bid a little bit more aggressively on those so that we're getting more exposure, more impression share. If the click through rate is low, that can sometimes have something to do with price point. So if we notice something like that, then that also might not be something that we want to bid on. But if our click-through rate looks good, impression share is up. Um, they've also got some new metrics in Amazon that show us new to brand. So we have one of if someone is searching for sewing scissors, we can see, well, this is a lot of new customers coming in. That can sometimes be worth a little bit less efficiency just because we're introducing someone to the brand. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what you're saying is, is that while you're looking at ACOS or whatever, not all ACOS metrics are regarded the same. So like some campaigns you'll say, oh, well, this is a 30% ACOS and be like, yeah, we're okay with that. And other ones you'd be like, 30% ACOS, like on a branded one is probably like, no, no, man, like we can't. 
we can't be that inefficient on that. I don't, is that is that fair? That's fair. It's not the only metric that matters. Uh, in some cases, you're trying to build awareness around a new brand or a new product, and you gotta you gotta expect to have a bit of a higher a cost when you're introducing a new brand into the ecosystem. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. What else is on your list, Ted? Uh, we got a couple other things here. So launching new campaigns is really important. You do have to be careful about that from time to time because it is going to put all of your products through a review process. So if it's a brand new product, we have to get it into the mix. But if it's an existing product, in some cases, we want to work with our existing campaigns and just tweak those a little bit mm-hmm. as as opposed to just kind of like launching new campaigns. Another thing that we do a lot of is product targeting. Um, so looking at product targeting, we're looking at competitors. We're looking at how we compare to their listings what the prices are, uh, how our imaging and our videos compare to theirs. And then what we can do is we can use sponsored display and we can show our products on their listings. That's huge. Um, yeah. That, that drives a lot of revenue for our partners, uh, especially when the price point is more impressive than our competitors. Yeah, yeah. I think you've touched on two things here that are probably the most like kind of in the weeds, but continuous learning and continuous optimization is identifying additional search terms and identifying additional products to target. And the the search terms might be less sort of dynamic, but I think things are going to come up over time. But the products for sure, you know, it could be a week to week, month to month thing where there's new products that you're uh, campaigns you're advertising against that all of a sudden are working or not working, and so I I love that as a as a good habit, a good routine to be in. Yep, and there's a lot of price changes that take place, and we use Helium Ten to keep an eye on those things. So uh, every once in a while, Amazon, uh, even with their own vendor products, they will change the prices so quickly that we have to react very quickly to those changes as well. Um, because all of a sudden, a campaign that was working really well just stops performing well. Um, yeah. So yeah, being really reactionary, really important. Um, some of the other things that I take a look at is uh, ad eligibility, which can be an issue at times, where all of a sudden, Amazon decides that your product is a pesticide but what it actually is, is uh, it's a pair of scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've talked about that yeah. on the podcast a lot. And it, man, sometimes I think I forget, Ted, how much, you imp- how much you get impacted by that because you're like trying to hit budget numbers. You're trying to grow spend. And then all of a sudden, just like a product will get wiped by some, you know, very silly. I was going to say a different word, but uh, silly, <laughs> uh, you know, um, reason from Amazon's perspective. So that's a, that's a good uh, habit as a buyer to be in. So. Yep. So we got to check on those things. Uh, looking at the rest of the list here, not too much. Um, always looking at new product launches with our clients. And then there's a whole cycle of looking up competitors and keywords. We touched on quite a bit of that already. 
Um, and then, yeah, just comparing our listings to other listings and constantly making improvements. Yeah. Awesome, Ted. Well, this this has been awesome. I know we just want to keep this brief here, high level, but lots of good stuff as, as your routine. So I appreciate you giving us a little insight to that. And uh, thanks for jumping on. Awesome. Thank you. Next up on the podcast, we have Sunny Wang, our resident media buyer. Sunny buys Facebook for us, Amazon for us, Google, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all the socials, all the things. Sunny, glad to have you. Thank you, Andy. Nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. So like we talked about, Sunny, we're talking routines. These were in the back to school routine. We're getting into that mode. Let's go over it. Let's jump into it. What are your top routines that you do daily, weekly, monthly? to ensure e-commerce success. Yeah, sure. Love this topic. Back to school, huh? Haven't been to school in a while, but uh, okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, back to school in our econ space, is, uh, it's really thinking about how to position our clients uh, to have a great fourth quarter, right? So June and July tend to be a little bit slower months and things starts to pick up in August and uh, looking to ramp things up into the end of the year. So there's a few, I guess, different ways to look at this. If you're a new brand or if you're an existing brand, uh, or if, even if you just introduce a new product, um, there's certain things that like we look at, of course. But testing and optimization is their keys to having a success in basically advertising online. Um, it's a great time to be testing right now, Andy, because the demand for ad space is not going to be, it's still not as expensive as it will be come November and December. So the thought there is to prepare yourself, get everything, uh, in order, make sure things are working and then kind of cruise into, uh, November and December. And, uh, hopefully by then you have something that's working and you can raise the budget course and make more money that's yeah. what everybody wants right yep yep so let's uh yeah let's jump into it well then what is like you're getting getting ready for it so how are you what are the things that you're doing right now as a kind of a best practice kind of routine stuff to to get ready for that uh you know prime time here in q4 yeah so on a day-to-day basis for optimization um i'm basically looking at uh well for the most part since a lot of our campaigns are set up on a sales conversion, I'm naturally look, looking at ACoS on the Amazon side or return on ad spend. Those two metrics are keys in terms of, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're what everybody's really at the end of the day looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, budget um, is also key there because that kind of affects things too, or may affect things. Um, and if those are working well, well, then it's easy. Then budget, that's the biggest lever, right? You up the budget. But if they're not working out well, um, then we look at several things. And what I would, let's just say, call lower funnel metrics, uh, let's say click-through rates or impression rates, uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And depending on what the issues are. Um, for instance, let's say if you have a low click-through rate, uh, and you look to kind of look at your creatives. Maybe you need to get a new one going. Maybe the one that you've been running um, is slowing down. Maybe it's run its course. So these are all things that basically test right now uh, during August, uh, September, going to October. 
Yeah, yeah. So you basically, you're looking at the ROAS or the, the ACOS or whatever. Then you kind of go to those, I'll, I'll call them top of the funnel, right? They're the they're the impression to, to click or maybe in a CPC might be a different thing or impression share uh, if you're on the Google platform, those types of things to kind of help you understand, okay, uh, is it the creative? Is that a, is that a good, good place to start? So yeah, I love that. And then you're you're looking at those things, what, daily, weekly, probably? Or, or what's your... Yeah, I'm in campaign managers every day. Um, so, yeah, if, if there's a need to look at, let's say, creatives, you know, I, if, if let's say your campaign's running and it's been doing well for, let's say, a few weeks and all of a sudden kind of takes a dive, um, then you kind of go back and say, well, hey, what's going on? Is it just, uh, you know, maybe it's just hitting a soft spot there or if it's prolonged, maybe, yeah, the creative needs to be swapped out or, or a new creative needs to be tested. Yes. Um, for, so, I mean, we don't go and change our creatives on a day-to-day basis, of course. That's more on the as-needed, maybe, let's say, weekly or even longer. But if you're testing a new product or new audience or new creative, yeah, that's then the frequency of changes or replacing creatives, it's going to be a lot shorter. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Something I know we've talked a lot about, Sunny, is sort of more of the bottom of the funnel metrics. You know, maybe it's, you know, cost per add to cart or cost per uh, product view and, you know, some of those types of things as, as indicators because, you know, ROAS is, uh, you know, maybe it's, things are looking good or not good or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about how you use some of those metrics in a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis? Yeah, so I look at two main things. One is, let's say, return on Aspen. The other one is cost per um, result or cost per purchase. And that tells you a few things. If your cost per purchase purchase or result uh, is where you want it, that's great. Um, ROAS is something like if someone were to buy a few more items, that, that, that's kind of like what cherry on top, so to speak. But the main thing is if you could clear that uh, cost per result, uh, criteria, then I think you're okay. Um, so how do you bring cost per result down? Well, there's a few, you know, a few ways. You, number one, you make sure that your creative is good, your offer is good, and you're serving it to the right, uh, audience. Right. So that's how, generally speaking, that's how I kind of see, um, you know, if, if you need to make adjustments, like which area of those components are not doing well. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Let's talk a bit about uh, kind of wrapping up here about the, the maybe the more longer term things, maybe some things you're doing monthly or, or quarterly. Let's talk about those. Sure. Um, I think one of the things that uh, from a, Optimization is also landing pages, right? Landing pages where your customer go and, you know, the ease of it, uh, making a purchase is always key. You know, for instance, if you have a slow landing page, uh, well, maybe you won't get the conversion rate that you're expecting. Um, if your description is not good or your pictures are not all that great, then obviously, you know, kind of um, it's a barrier to for, for a potential customer to hit that. Uh, to complete the purchase. Yep. 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 I love it. I love it. What else you got? Anything else on the monthly or, or longer term that's that's your routine kind of looking at and optimizing for your campaigns? Um, I think generally speaking, just uh, 
you know, be aware of certain dates uh, coming up, uh, you know, for instance, Black Friday or, or Thanksgiving, obviously Christmas. Uh, those will have an impact on your, on your cost. Yeah. Yep. Prime days, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever those are. So keeping those on. So exactly. Awesome, Sonny. Well, I appreciate you jumping on this, uh, giving us your perspective, talking us through your routines a little bit and giving us some insights from a buyer's perspective on, you know, what are the things we need to be optimizing. So I appreciate you jumping on. Again, we want to thank our listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to push that like, follow, subscribe button, check us out, and we will catch you again next time.